ladies and gentlemen welcome to episode number 50 of the fighting goat this is your host arjun chibalkati ak mystic chips with my dost sumesh this superhuman camera this is our 50th episode hamari half century ho chuke hai and we have a lot more coming Go, guys we've got a great show for you stay tuned we'll be right back after these quick messages Welcome back to the Fighting Goat. You're listening to Arjun, aka Mystic Chips, and Sumesh, the Superhuman Camera. Sumesh, bye. Namaste. Episode, baby. Unbelievable. We never <laughs> knew that we would get here this quickly, and it just breezed by. You know, ten long so months quickly, with this beautiful man. podcast and this beautiful yes. production. Thank But you to IVM Podcast. Thank you to IVM for all your help for reaching out to all the thousands of fans that listen to us very, very religiously. But Mystic Chips. Apart from the great week that just went by, I'm excited about the guest that is coming oh, on board God. with us. So, इतना जल्दी मत बोलो यार, इतना जल्दी मत बोलो. No, we will not get into. We will not get into it. Ease into it later. We have to ease in. पहले तो पूरा हफ्ता बाकी है. It's a 50th episode. We have a lot of people. It's like an Oscar-winning speech, you know. अभी 50th episode आ रहा है. I would like to thank my agent. I would like to thank uh, somebody else. <laughs> somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we would like to thank all our lovely producers, you know, Arshal, Suroini, and everybody else who have helped us out uh, to get to this point. Even though Suroini doesn't listen to our show that much, and she yells at people in public. <laughs> and I remember giving us such. Remember the time when we got back into the studio? How much chilla? How much chilla? Very, very, very. See, but it's because of all that chillam chilli, we've got to the magical number of fifty. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> and a lot, lot, lot more episodes coming through. I remember, I remember the wonderful photographer who was doing our promo for uh, yeah. before the fiftieth. He was. He was actually telling Suroini ki bache ki jaan le lungi kya? Exactly. And it was exactly. it was so bad. It was bordering. It was bordering. Uh, you know, beating. It was almost mar kar the. Well, but it's because but it's because of that we have improved. We've got the listens up. We've got so many people listening to us, talking to us. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And our producer is writing. And Suroini is writing back to us. Say, "Are you kidding? We are not giving away your secrets. Don't worry. I promise. I'll be quiet about it." <laughs> But speaking of beatings, bro, it this entire fight card was one big massive brawl. Absolutely, But it was a I've, great, great fight card. It was a great, great fight card. But I thought that the main event was a bit lackluster. Well, not um yes, because we expected way more from the Joker, Jack Hamilton, and also Sean Strickland. Yeah. But you, but you will see. Vegas forty seven was not as bad, you know. When you have people like Alexis Davis on the undercard, then yeah. this is definitely going to be a banger of a card, and it was. Well, after a very long time, we had three split decisions on the main card. That was crazy. Now, okay, I, I can understand. We are going to talk about the main event only because you know we we bet against it and and stuff, and we both got our bets right. Yes, but the thing is that. I'm just surprised as to you know split decisions are normal. It's when the fights are really really close. Yes. So when a fight is so close that the referees are divided amongst themselves, the judges sorry are divided amongst themselves. Yes. And therefore you have a split decision. But yes. in the main event, yeah, I think Sumesh and I, uh, Sumesh, you were right. We were talking about this earlier. Okay, lackluster fight. Yes, you know Sean Strickland in his own words said that yes, I coasted. a little bit yes because he kept you know in his post fight interview he kept talking about the fact that you know there were a lot of these uh, corporate people coming up to him the suits in his own words yeah and he said that uh, there were a lot of these suits coming up to him saying that you know what you might be getting a title shot after this right so it was because of that reason why he took his foot off the pedal Correct. and said that he's never going to do that again because he was very upset with his own performance do you feel Ab- that way Absolutely, yes. See, Sean Strickland is a kind of fighter who's from that old Nick Diaz, Nate Diaz era of yeah. really just grudge fighting. So, in fact, one statement that he made was very, very uh, insightful into his mind, where he spoke about how he doesn't believe in resting during fight week. He doesn't believe in recuperation. He says, if I yeah. don't spar every day, I don't feel like a normal human. Well, he's not a normal human. But at the same time, as you rightly said, Chips, I think he just took his foot off the pedal, thinking he's going to get a title shot. But that's not the way it is because I feel there's Paula Costa out there, there's Marvin Vittori yeah. out there. There are 
a lot of dude, people in that division. So, dude, we've got two middleweights fighting in UFC 271. Derek Absolutely. Johnson and Jared Cannonier. I mean, those two are also there in the pipeline. Well, there's also Kelvin Gastelum, who's a little and, on the losing streak, but he's still there. No, man. Kelvin Gastelum is somebody that you can never sleep on. His Absolutely. left hand is, is so solid. I mean, he even staggered the champ badly. I remember yes. in their fight. Yes, he uh, did. He staggered the champ so badly. He had Israel Adesanya on, on the back foot. I remember clearly. So that man has got, uh, he may be on a losing streak, but he's one of those guys that you can never count out. Like, for example, uh, you know, somebody like, uh, you know, BJ Penn could lose five fights, but he's still yeah. dangerous. Or Absolutely. somebody like Chris Lieben could be getting knocked out every day, but he's still a dangerous fighter. Absolutely, yes. If Absolutely, you look at Nate yes. Diaz's record, he has been on a losing streak. But the thing is that he gives you a scare no matter what. Absolutely. In fact, there's one fighter on the card, smiling Sam Alvey, who oh. is who's on a who's on an eight-fight losing streak and who still has a contract. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. There's these <laughs> badasses who won't, it doesn't matter. Can you imagine? Can you imagine, bro, if Nick Diaz was convinced to come back to fight yeah. against Sean Strickland? Because oh, both man. of them are long, lanky, both will jab, both of them have chins. It'll just be a great war. It'll be great. It'll be great. And I love the fact that Sean Strickland said, listen, I was just not myself. A lot of pundits globally said, listen, we don't even know how Jack Hermanson won one round or two rounds. Leave alone a split decision. Split decision tonight. Definitely not. I I agree with that. Split decision, I don't know. So Sal D'Amato, I'm assuming was on his last card. And I don't think we'll ever see that referee ever again. Because I think he's calling off his career. So, and he's the one who gave Jack Hermanson (laughs) three rounds to two. And that's how people are not understanding how this really went to a split decision. But leaving that aside, the most, I mean, the most exciting part was Sean Strickland's post-fight interview where he said, listen, I'm so happy for the fans. I'm thankful to the fans because, you know, without you guys, I would be a piece of shit. And I still am a piece of shit, but I have money. <laughs> I, mean, I like him, and I, I like I like guys who are who are brutally honest in their post fight speeches. Right, I, like you know, it's a, whether it's a Derek Lewis who takes his shots off and says because his balls. Well, well, we have him. It's it's, uh, <laughs> it's you know, we still have him. He's going to be fighting next week as well. And uh, we've got a lot of great fights coming up, man. You sent me that, uh, the the picture today, the upcoming fight yes. cards for the year. Yes. My God, it's just fire after fire the after next fire after weeks. fire. It's just mental, man. The cards that are coming up is, are just mad. And we, thank God we're going to be in the right position. We are back in our own studio in, so, in Sony on the 13th morning at 7.30 a.m. Back with the ultimate guide to UFC. Absolutely. And, uh, and that's for UFC 271. But before, you know, we get, uh, get into our guest and our special guest, we just wanted to, uh, you just wanted to talk about a little bit of a scenario that has been going on in the world. So yes. Joe Rogan is a huge, huge podcasting icon. Yes. Like he signed over a hundred million dollar deal. And, you know, for podcast technology, Spotify to involve a video podcasting technology within their app, it must have been another hundred million or so to incorporate all these new tools that have come in. So they've right. banked a lot of stuff on him. But, you know, it's like, you know, when you see on Twitter and you read and, you know, people are saying, oh, I have the freedom of speech. I have the freedom of speech. And I always say this one thing that there is, yes, there is freedom of speech, but there is freedom of speech, not freedom from consequence. Yes. You have to be responsible for what you say. In, yes. No matter what, especially in a world like today, where things are taken out of context all the time. Yes. All of them. And and Joe Rogan, who is a very, very smart, he's a great, brilliant broadcaster, was initially called out for his, you know, his vaccination things and and his therapies, which is fine. As long as, you know, as long as Spotify has said that, you know, we're just going to put a disclaimer above it saying that, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's like a personal view, you know. It's a personal view. It's like when you smoke a pack of cigarettes. Yeah. You know, it's harmful. You know, it's going to do this thing, but it's, it's their job to write smoking kills. Yes. So, but you know, there was a recent, uh, you know, outcry from a lot of celebrities that came out and said that Joe Rogan was using the N word, which I think was disastrous in that sense. Oh. And he put out a, there's a news article saying that he knows that he's up now. Yeah. And yeah. it wrote at the bottom saying Joe Rogan has still not been confirmed for UFC 271. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, oh I don't know God. if this is going to have any implications, but dude, say what you want, but saying the N-word, mm, no. There's, I mean, that's that's catching people on the wrong foot. And especially when you have Israel Adesanya fighting on the main event. Dude. Um, Derek dude. Lewis is on the card. Mm. Dude, Derek Lewis. You know, <laughs> dude, 
the greatest champions in the UFC are all there. Greatest athletes yeah. in the world are all black. Correct. Got from LeBron James to Michael Johnson to Anderson Silva to to uh, to to uh, you know Francis Ngannou, Israel Adesanya, Kumar to Usman. Man, Absolutely. there are going to be Absolutely. so many people who are going to take offense to Absolutely. this. Usain Bolt. I, I mean, uh, there are, people are going to take offense. And I think, you know, it's not an opinion anymore. You just don't say the N-word. I think he's crossed a line. According he's to crossed me. a very big line, dude. I love Joe Rogan. I love his content. He's a great podcasting icon. He was one of our reasons why we wanted to get into the podcasting game as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. But this is the thing. You know, and I tell this to everybody, you know, people say, oh, why don't you tweet anymore on Twitter? I said, because, you know, sometimes you believe me. I have a lot (laughs) lot of things to say. But freedom of speech does not mean freedom from consequence. Absolutely. That is such a valuable insight. And speaking of valuable insights, we have... An exciting guest who, who is has it? Who is it? Who is it? Already, he's ready to roll with us. None other than Super Boxing League, Super Fight League, fight promoter, fight manager of the great Amir the King Khan, Mr. Bilhar Bil Dosanj. He is in the Wonderful. studio with us. I can't wait. He's going to be speaking to us about all the consequences about being a fight promoter and everything behind the scenes of Super Fight League and the formation of Super Boxing League and what this holds for Indian MMA fans and fighters. All this and much more after this short commercial break. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 50 of The Fighting Goat. You're listening to the boys, the Mystic Chips, Arjun Chapalkati, along with my partner, Somesh, the superhuman camera. And we are back. We told you we've got a great big guest for our 50th episode. It's our half-century mark. The one man himself, the promoter from India with Super Boxing League, Super Fight League, Amir Khan Promotions, the Crypto Fight Nights in Dubai, US, London, <laughs> England, Manchester, Jahabi Socho, India, Pakistan. The borders have no limits for the man himself, Mr. Bill Dosanj. How are you, sir? Good, good. Absolute pleasure. Welcome to, to the show, Bill. Welcome to the Fighting Goat. We have the Fighting Goat on the Fighting Goat. <laughs> it's good to be on Arjun's been in my back for ages and to be on the 50th I think is a privilege so especially with the introduction so I think uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've been prepping this for a while you know I had the 49th <laughs> and the 47th and the 42nd but good you finally I'm happy that you made it on our 50th show and and it's actually come at a really good time because there's a lot that's been happening in the in you know in the entire sphere of MMA and before we even start uh, you know any sort of questions with Bill I just want to hear about you know what's been happening. I've known you since 2013, I think, and you know when you when we started working together. What's been happening in the world of mixed martial arts and boxing? I mean, look, it's been an amazing journey if you look at it, you know. And every day is just like an amazing new challenge, and um, but something you enjoy, you know. There's nothing like I've made this my my passion. I made this my work. I made this everything kind of what I've always wanted to do since I was a kid. So um, now it's been, it's been really, really good. And, you know, we've been on the scene for some time. You know, we started back in kind of in 2012. That's actually a decade. You know, if you look at it, it's, it is. Like, it's, it's actually 10 years ago when we started wow. the, the Super Fight League. And, and it all started with kind of being around with, with Amir in, in kind of his journey to Olympic medal and then him turning professional and then just seeing everything kind of grow from there. But I think India was so close to my heart, you know, where we kind of always wanted to do something and we kind of like learn the trade, I would say, with the best people in the US. And then we said, you know what, we need to bring this kind of back home. You know, we need to bring this back to India because there's no one doing it. Like even now we're actually one of one in what we do. You know, right. but, and bringing that expertise back home was was very very important, and um, and we just saw like I mean what the UFC done in, in 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 the US and the ecosystem that kind of that was there already with the kind yeah. of always said like the core fundamentals when we talk about mixed martial arts is because every high school in America offered wrestling, and having that kind of base that the US kind of had was such a big thing for, for the UFC kind of growth. And today it's a $10 billion company. And I think that we do have the fundamentals in India to really make mixed martial arts a um, big sport compared to all the kind of the cricket that our nation kind of loves. Um, and 
we just need to kind of keep growing the foundations. And obviously having gyms is a big part of kind of our growth um, in India. We have 20 right now, um, which we're, we're growing. But I think that as we kind of grow, I really believe that the nutrition, the gyms are very, very important um, part of that journey because we need to have the facilities. And obviously, again, um, and that is kind of a big part of our growth in growing gyms. And look, we have 1.3 billion. You know, people forget how big India really is. You right, know, we right. have, well, oh, nobody's forgetting how big that is. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 we're, we're a monster. We, we, when you look at us, our four times size of America in terms of population. <laughs> and one so, foot the space, and, though. <laughs> and we are going to grow some stars. It's just a matter of time. We are going to have some big, big kind of um, stars that are going to come out of India. You know, I think we just need to kind of really just keep knocking on that door and we will kind of get there. In boxing, we actually, I believe, we're probably a bit more closer because right. it's, been, it's been Olympic sport. There's been a bit more structure around it over the years, but we still lack in, I would say, more on the um, professional side. So that's where we, we kind of really, really are kind of focusing that transition of when is the right time for these Olympians to turn professional in India, you know, that's a big, big part. I think that's where, I think Virginia, Mary Com kind of um, missed that boat. You know, they were great Olympians. I was just going to say, yeah. Mm, I think Virginia should have turned pro the moment he won bronze in yeah. Beijing in 08. You know, he shouldn't have waited. That four or five year gap that he missed is where now his body, I think that it's just, you know, it's just... You saw him in Goa. To... You saw his last fight against uh, a Russian fighter called uh, Artem Lopsan, mm. which apparently was, uh, you know, it, you know, a lot of people thought that, you know, Vijinder's good, that's going to be his comeback fight. Yeah. But I honestly, once I saw him at the Wains and I saw him, you know, he took his shirt off and he was not in shape. He wasn't in fight shape at all. 100%. Uh, to be honest, I feel that he was a couple of fights away of fighting Canelo. Personally, no. I think... I'm, I'm, oh, I'm, really? I'm, I'm wow. telling you, I, I believe he was few fights away because, look, the hype around Virginia was phenomenal, right? He was, he was with the right promotion company in the US. They would have given him a good, let's say a retirement fight. You know what I mean? <laughs> they would have given him a good retirement fight. Whether he would have done well, because obviously age was not on his side, I would say, and kind of whether he kept himself in shape. But if he would have kept a winning streak, right? he would have had a really big payday, you know, a really big kind yeah. of fight. But again, you know, you've got to kind of know, see, managing fighters, is it's very, very important. Getting the right fights at the right time is very, very critical. And, and that's what um, you look at with some of these global stars, you know, the right fights at the right time are very, very important. So these are the things like the, the expertise that you learn when you're kind of working with the best, it's, it's, it's very important. And, and, and hence, if you look in India, our professional boxing circuit has to be improved. You know, we have to do more in that space. And that's where we really kind of want to focus in the interim kind of period. We believe we have a lot of talent, but just need to be guided. Right. Because look, we got mistreated in India. When you look at it, we put so much effort into boxing, launching the boxing league, and then not getting the approval from the, from the Indian Boxing Federation. You know, but, but we believe that will change in coming up in the next kind of, in the next year. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of talks with the federation. We met, I met Ajay Singh recently in, um, in Dubai at the Youth Boxing Championships. We had a good sit down because remember, we never got approval. We still went ahead and done the league in India. So, right. Uh, but, and then they launched their league. I believe our product was still better. Arjun was there and he yeah. would have witnessed it. So, yeah. I think, <laughs> I, I think th these are the things, you know, like we bring a complete different new dynamic to to the game and we believe that we can do it much better we can do it much better than <laughs> the, the, these federations and they need to recognize that you know we do bring that but together you're a force and if if you working in two different paths it's the efforts are going kind of in in different directions but i think that we can definitely work with the federation now we've had a good chat with them and i think that's going to be a game changer professional boxing um, because that that's a classic battle between the governmental organization and the private organization. Hundred percent. Look, in MMA, we haven't had that problem because there's no governing body. 
If you look yes. at it in India, we are the governing body. We do kind of. I thought IMA was the governing body, right? I mean, when I say I, I mean that it's not recognised by the by the IOC. It's not Olympic yes. sport. Oh, really? Right? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So in terms of, there's probably like five different federations. Um, yes. Yeah, there are in India. So I think that once. Um, so sometimes that works, I would say, because at the end of the day, you've got no one to really answer to apart from uh, professional bodies that kind of oversee the events and, and so on. But where, where with boxing is obviously, as we know, that it's, it's a bit more controlled. But yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, I think we've still got a long way to go in India. Look, we had 14, 15 sports league that launched in the period of 2007 to 2000. 1819 but yes i think right now we've only got the ipl which is here to stay the isl the football um and the and, and the kabaddi one right correct they're the only three and they're all star properties you know and yes. um so obviously without star the backing of the network they probably apart from cricket they would not be there right so i think that it's that's we've got to kind of really look at because mostly if you look at in every country there's about four or five sports leagues so if you look at America you have the NFL you have the NBA you have right. the, the hockey league you have the baseball league so these are the kind of main and I think in India we'll have like four or five leagues that will be here to stay that will kind of cater for, uh, for the consumers the others I feel that they will kind of fade out you know like the table tennises the badmintons the, imagine national hockey hockey is our biggest sport Right. Yes. We have not seen the league for the last five, six, seven years. Right. You know? So, so I think a lot of um, restructure in the sports is kind of happening, and I think it will kind of continue to kind of restructure. And, and I think there'll be about five that will kind of continue. That's my personal opinion. But I think we will be one of the five for sure. You know. That's awesome. So, so that's so, awesome. So we're, we're, we're definitely confident in that space because look, comeback sports, you know, this is the old kind of gladiator. It's the whole kind of like, if, <laughs> if you look at, if you look at a movie industry, what does it offer? It offers action and romance and it doesn't get much more action than watching two gladiators kind of. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You, see, you see a brawl in the parking lot and people stop. People bet on it. People would bet on anything that comes to, to, you know, to boxing, to fighting. You know, you see a fight happen in, in the bus on the road and people stop like people like like stop it F- work screw work yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> 100% so we have that <laughs> you know we had that little talk with Herb Dean the other day and mm. we asked him you know I mean you know Herb say you're going to Walmart and a fight breaks out do people actually call it to ref it and he said yes that has happened twice <laughs> 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 I, I don't blame Herb uh, Dean, man. Everybody was like, Herb, Herb, come here, come here. <laughs> yeah. He's an amazing guy. Look how long he's been around for. And look, don't forget, we brought him to India as well. Yes, oh, yeah, I remember. Absolutely, absolutely. And well, too, I think I remember. It was in, uh, in Delhi or Chandigarh. Chandigarh, yeah. 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 So, in fact, um, that is such a clear roadmap. Bill, you know, it is, it's not astonishing to see an acute businessman like you to actually have a vision like this. However, a lot of people do not know that you actually come from a wrestling pedigree. Your family has been into wrestling. We spoke about wrestling and how it's developed in America from the school and college level. So you have had a background in wrestling. Can you tell the listeners more about how you got into wrestling and how fond of the sport are you? So actually, my dad was a wrestler. You know, so yeah, yeah. my dad, like, and I think that that is one of the, the visions of kind of like every village in, in India has a kara in it. You know, it's, it's yeah. kind of built into our ecosystem. So, and then I think watching my dad wrestle at a young age, you know, and kind of then seeing it grow up and seeing the sport evolve. So I think that was a, a big kind of inspiration. Then obviously even... Even Kabaddi, you know, I used to see him play Kabaddi as well because that's a big wow. thing. Because, because there's different parts, there's different types of Kabaddi. There's a Kabaddi which which is on Star, which is I think more yeah. comes from the south where you touch and point. And and there's a there's a thing called Amar Kabaddi which is played in Punjab where there's kind of right. like where there's four kind of stoppers and where one goes and raids and he's got to touch within right. and he's got to get back within thirty seconds. Right. You know what the crazy thing was at one, because with me, I'm always been blessed, I would say, with a creative mind. We're always trying to do things outside <laughs> the box. And, and, hence we we came up with this, and, and hence we came up with this whole kind of thing where 
you fight as a team, right? With, right. With the first oh man, I was coming to that. I was, I was honestly yeah. on my so, way slow walking you towards that. So we actually came up once with, with a thing called, called tag fight, believe it or not, which, so tag fight was something which, where you had same thing in, in like Kabaddi, where you touch. And the moment that touch happens, you can engage into basically a fight. So you could do whatever you can to hold him down. Because if you look at Amr Kabaddi, where you touch 30 seconds, you've got to get back. Here, yeah. the moment that touch happens, you can actually do, use your comeback skills to basically hold that person down. Obviously, he's got to get back. So we never got around to that. So maybe one day that's another little oh, that project. That sounds like fun. <laughs> that sounds crazy. So it's almost like wrestling and Kabaddi mixed. It's basically yeah. a free-for-all. The minute you touch somebody, like, do what the heck you need to do to get that person down. Correct. But, but you, you know, this is not the first time we saw you, you know, you say that you were, and I agree completely, because I remember when we saw traditional mixed martial arts, we saw boxing, and we saw how leagues went on and had these individual shows. But I remember when in, it was around 2015, when I got a call from you with regards to a new kind of format um, mm. of mixed martial arts that was coming. And I was like, and when I heard it, I was like, come on, no, that can't work. And mm. it did. And Bill was one, Super Fight League, Super Boxing League, Bill was the first one to pioneer the team sport aspect, a team aspect in mixed martial arts. So he scheduled, he had, you know, the Mumbai Maniacs and the and the Delhi Daredevils. And it's a similar format where they had teams that were supported by owners, by companies and celebrities. And then each team had players in different weight categories that fought across a league, a league format, which a football type, I think it was a football style scoring as well to the entire thing. And a champion, a team champion was uh, decided at the end of the league. And I think that was a masterstroke in terms of bringing the attraction to that sport in India. Because I remember, remember uh, Bill, the, the gates of City Fort, were, were people were banging that shit down the yeah. minute their teams were working. And after two weeks, it went insane. Yeah, I think, look, for any sport to grow, right, you need an ecosystem. I believe that combat sports, for it to kind of be like a soccer or like an NFL, NBA, and look, these guys are, when you look at their revenues compared to anything else, are, are the biggest. So, And that's because, like, you've got so many, like, if you've got, say, in the NFL, you've got 30-odd teams, like, there's 30-odd millionaires and billionaires in that ecosystem. So, yeah. They're growing it. And same with IPL. If you look at it, it's not just about the IPL, the BCCI. It's the people that own the teams. That's what True. makes the yes. ecosystem. So, and I feel that with combat sports, that's because look, UFC is a monster, right? It's a complete, utter dominance. It's a machine now. Right. It's just a machine. So, so the only way you're going to try to, I won't say compete with it, to, to create something which is unique and something which kind of gives that kind of, a stronger pill is you need an ecosystem. You need good billionaires to kind of come and back. And when you look, what we created was something which, in, look, in every sport, you have point scoring, whether it's soccer, whether it's NFL, NBA's point scoring in cricket. So the point scoring system was just, we just hit it to the T when it comes like, and it came in a way that we used a bit of cricket and a bit right. of soccer. So cricket was something which, our audience in India understood. So if the fight was a draw, each team got a point. If right. it went to the judges, you get three points. If it was a TKO, you get four points. And if it's a submission, you get five. And it's a knockout, six, you get six. Six. So do you remember the opening night, right, of SFL 1 when we did the first ever show in India? Yeah. Delhi were... It was Mumbai, I think. The first show was Bombay. No, no, it was Delhi versus Haryana. Oh, sorry, the team. Oh, you mean, oh, you mean in 2016? Yeah, yeah. It was Delhi versus Haryana. It was 12 points to three. Haryana was winning, right? You had Randeep yeah. and you had um, Arjun Rampal. They were both all there. And everyone thought that they're going to win. And then in the fifth fight, Jason comes out. He's losing against... Amit Kumar. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, I remember. His, he got Amit, rocked. He got rocked. Comes back, so, scores a submission, makes it 12-8 because he gets five points. Yeah. Then it's Matt Baker versus Balhara in the heavyweight last fight. Oh my God, fight. I remember that. I remember that. Right? And, and then Matt Baker scores another submission, makes it 13-12. Right? 13-12. So, so after trailing 12 points to three, and then... Like soccer, if you win by 
three goals to two, you get three points yeah. for the win. And um, so, yeah, so we had some phenomenal nights where it went down to the wire, where it, it was just like... <laughs> I got it, I got it. You know, you know, during the entire league, I think, mm-hmm. I think I've never heard Bildosan say, went down to the wire more often. Every <laughs> night, every night, you know, after the, he would be standing behind me, he would be standing behind me, he's like, tell me the score, tell me the score, tell me the score. And I'm like, wait, hang on, hang on. Is it going down to the wire? It's going down to the wire. I'm like, yes, it's going down to the wire. <laughs> every <laughs> night, man. And that's what people want. You know, the problem, another problem with the fight game is everyone's looking forward to the main event. No one cares about the undercard fights. And I think yeah. that kind of changed where every fight, every point was... Um, was really important, important, and then look the success of that. The, we launched the boxing league in the same kind of year as well. So we launched yeah. two leagues in in space of like not even six months. I think it was like five Less months. So. One was in the I think the fight league was January February, and this was yeah. about May June June July. Yeah. So, June July. Um, sorry, in the summer. So um, look, right now I think this merger between Sony and Z is going to be a blessing. We've always kind of been on on Sony, and we have a great relationship yeah. um, with them. And I feel that um, this will kind of give them the spending power. Right, right, right. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, Bill, what is your vision for Indian combat sports? What do you think is going to happen in the next three to five years in Indian combat sports, and also with SFL and SPL being a market leader? I think. Look. The next big steps is to sign a big broadcasting deal. I think that's very important because okay. from every aspect of any sport, you need a massive broadcasting deal. And I think that's, that's the key. True. Very true. And that's where I believe that with the Sony and Z merger would, would kind of um, give that kind of strength that what we need. And that gives a confidence to the franchisees because at the end of the day, a lot of franchises in India have lost a lot of money and a lot of them have obviously made money as well. So obviously the ones that made money are more in, I would say, the IPL kind of space, potentially Kabaddi right. as well. But every other league has, has lost money, you know, and, and actually not been as successful as the others. So I think that the broadcasting kind of deal is very, very important. And I think that... It's not just broadcast. There are obviously a lot of OTT players that have entered the space as well. Uh, yes, um, Amazon. I think Amazon and uh, Amazon Prime and somebody has just merged together right now to start, a, a, I think, sports. I heard something about it recently. Yeah. So OTT is, is another kind of way forward. So we've got a lot of good, positive conversations which are going on right now. Even the Facebook Watch app is, is really good. And Peter Hutton's a dear friend who's... Um, the head of Facebook sports. So look, we're on the right track. And I think the pandemic has obviously kind of been tough, especially the fact that a lot of sports leagues were kind of, especially IPL was hap- not happening in India, it was happening in, in Dubai and in and Abu yes. Dhabi. So, so I think that um, now things have just slowly get back into, into the group. So we, we believe we'll be up and running very soon in India. But while obviously India has been kind of a bit shut down, obviously we've had a lot of success in the Middle East, you know, because obviously I'm based in Dubai and um, yeah. we've got very good relationships. Yeah, I think after a point, you know, you, you know, I understand what you're saying about the Indian market. Mm. It's certainly not an easy market to work with. And uh, but the success of the team format worked brilliantly in, uh, you know, in the North, especially. Mm. Uh, Bombay took a little bit of time to warm up to it, you know, in that aspect. But the North just, you know, they loved it. The, they mm. loved the the entire, the, the pageantry, the celebrities. And of course, you have to have celebrities in everything you do in India. Of course. Immediately. Of course. Um, but, and we had a lot of them. You saw I mean, every night. We, <laughs> had. we had a lot of them. And that's actually coming up to my next point. Now, it's, you know, I can see that in the Middle East, you've now been focusing on a lot of boxing, especially with uh, with Amir Khan becoming such a huge part of mm-hmm. of the Super Boxing League. I remember we came in when uh, in Jeddah there was the launch of the Super Boxing League gyms. He brought down you brought down Israel Adesanya, Chuck Liddell to be yeah. part of that uh, entire endeavor, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I think it was something that the people of Saudi Arabia had never seen before. And the same thing now when we did with the Crypto Fight Night in in Dubai where uh, you know you brought in the right people uh, to come and see that. Do you see the same model being replicated in North India or any part of India with the same kind of, you know, the same kind of system where you'd bring in, you know, a special one-time night to start to get the ball rolling? Would you think we'd see something like that this year? Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, look, 
Amir's got a big fight coming up on Feb 19th. Kell Brook. Kell Brook. So it's a big one. It's a, it's a legacy fight. And obviously I've been with him for the last month training at Colorado Springs. And, and you know what? He's looking so sharp. He's, um, yeah. I've been he's, seeing his Instagram and I've been checking yeah, yeah. it out. He's looking yeah. good. So, and I think that once that happens, I think the Goyet fight Come on. is something <laughs> that if we brought it back to India, the whole kind of India-Pakistan, where actually the fight actually took place in India, I think it'd be a good for kind of, you know, it'd be a good entertainment fight for the fans, you know, and, and at the same time, there's been always been talks about Amir Khan, Virginia Singh. So th- I think that we need that kind of big blowout fight in, yeah. where, even if it happened in Pakistan, for example, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it would be huge. It's like that Mika Singh kind of went to Pakistan and run. Do you remember that? Yeah, yes. yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think we need something outside the box to kind of give it that one kind of big boost. And whatever out of them three things there'd be, I think it'd be... Plus, but I think that that's I would say as a as a big fight coming home. Virginia is he going to fight again? I don't know. You know, I really don't know. So, I think he's doing a movie now. He was busy doing yeah. a movie film with somebody recently. So yeah, yeah. So, so so we need some of these kind of big kind of heavy hitters to kind of give the market a little shake. And um, and I think there's no bigger person than Amir Khan to kind of do that. You know, so whoever the opponent may be. So I think that's one. Regarding the crypto space, and I think that's something which we're really kind of, because we were the first. It's never happened where you've had a crypto fight night where you've had the first ever WBC crypto belt on the line. And it was, I mean, that night, we must have had about 10 to $12 billion worth of wealth in that room, in that, room that night. These were guys from wow. around crypto community that were there for the blockchain week, you know. So oh, they to, were there for the conference, yeah, the, the entire crypto conference. So, so, so you've got the two of the big crypto hubs. One is Miami and one is Dubai now. You know, that's how big kind of the crypto community has kind of grown. And um, so how that whole thing came about was, so one of the, the crypto guys approached us, said, look, blockchain week is happening. We've got a big sponsor that wants to do something outside the box. And um, because, you know, you've got so many people in town, you want to entertain them with something right. something different. And, and doing a fight night was that kind of something, uniqueness. So we kind of came up with the whole concept of the Amir Khan crypto fight night, sat down with Amir and said, look, let's, let's do something different. And then that's when he got WBC on board and we created that belt and Arjun Yu was there. It was a phenomenal night and the whole build up to that week, the reality show, the behind the scenes, how these guys kind of make their money and everything that we've kind of um, put onto it. And we got approached after that night from about four or five big crypto kind of companies to kind of lead this on. So we're working on some really cool projects, which are really outside the box, um, including some big funds from New York as well. Um, so we're going to be doing something with a bang um, in the next, next time we're coming as podcast partners of, let's of just course. go straight up <laughs> they're going to be branded on your stage because Fighting Goat is going to be the podcast partner 100%. that is so cool <laughs> that is so cool <laughs> there, there's always this one question that's in my mind you know since mm. you're in the space of mixed martial arts you're in the space of boxing you also manage one of the you know world's biggest stars in Amir mm. Khan is mm. it MMA or boxing for you which is your first love look <laughs> It has to be boxing for sure. I think that I just I just spent I knew a month. It's secret. <laughs> I've been grinding with him for a month in in Colorado Springs in minus eight, minus ten, where we were just training. And I think because I've just done it for so many years from a young age. Um, but you know, but at the same time, I have a lot of respect for these MMA athletes. You know, and and right. what they do, what they go through. So yeah, and and you've seen so many crossovers happening happened James we, Tony um, I think apart from James Tony nobody else has come into MMA though as such but but, but, but I mean look at when um, what we did do you remember when we had um, uh, Sandeep knocking everyone out in MMA right True. right True. and and yes. and, then, and then he wanted to make a transition into boxing and get, got knocked out Right, and then we had the boxing guy step inside uh, the Neeraj, cage. Neeraj, I remember Neeraj came into uh, MMA, ate mm. two leg kicks, and went back to boxing. 
Correct. Correct. It's literally Correct. as short as that. <laughs> Correct. So, so I believe, but the crossover now, um, I think the fighters in MMA are getting much more skilled, you know? Um, right. So I think that that kind of speculation will always kind of be there, you know, that kind of how, <laughs> how is it, how is it? Like, like now, look at Francis in the heavyweight UFC champion. He wants to cross over and fight Tyson Fury. So, yeah. You know, do, you, so, hang on, do you think that's a good idea? I'm going to ask you outright. At that elite level, when you're talking about Tyson Fury, I mean, look, he's one of the all-time greats, you know, and, and, and then you're going to look at Francis, who's kind of, I believe he will fatigue. You know, I believe that the 12, three-minute rounds, people underestimate, you know, what type of engine that you need. And that happened yeah. with when McGregor fought Floyd, you know, if he had that kind of bigger engine. Um, yes. and, and I think it's your muscles as well, you know, when you have worked a certain muscle, all your life and that's what you know it, it, it's 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 harder to kind of develop that in such a short period when they've done one art for so many years so i think so many things come into play but yeah i mean some people are more gifted than the others and kind of i, I, I think i think if, if if there was an mma fighter that wanted to make the transition to boxing successfully mm. it would be uh nate diaz because he's got gas tank for days he mm. doesn't really get warmed up till the eighth round yeah, and and then the fun starts because then he tags you, he stares down, he points at you, and yeah, yeah. everybody has a good time. Yeah. Did you watch? If you saw the fight with Leon Edwards, yeah, he was yeah. getting battered for four and a half rounds, and mm. then lands a shot in the last minute. And well, if that, and we were actually talking about it on the show, saying if this, if these were pride rules, Nate Diaz mm. would win the fight. Yeah, because yeah. he did. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. I mean, look, they're both brothers. They're special breed. That's for sure. Oh, and, there's something uh, else. <laughs> and um, you're right, he actually would do well. I think he would do well. Yeah, it's got a long, lanky reach. He would, I mean, right. it's, you know, if you look at, if you look at the entire, um, you know, MMA and boxing crossover, you're absolutely right. You know, it's, it's the two different sports. You can do it for promotion. It's, McGregor, though, was, was surprisingly hung in there very, very well. Mm. And he hung in there for a good eight or nine rounds you know, before the inevitable end. But yeah. it's, you know, what do you, what's your take on the entire Jake Paul, Logan Paul, you know, thing? Jake Paul is, but you know, you got you to gotta give it to the guy. He's winning. He may be knocking out wrestlers. He may be knocking out Taron Woodley. And he, there may be some speculation and controversy about it, but he's still getting it done. Yeah, I mean, look, he, he's, you've got to give them credit for what they've done. Uh, and um, I believe that they're bringing a new audience um, to the sport, which is which is great, and um, and they will continue doing that. Uh, and I think that Jake is 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 definitely talented. There's no two ways about it. I think he will kind of continue. And I think that so even there was talks of him and Connor. I think that's. A, 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 I'm telling you, I think I think that might might happen. Look, these type of entertainment fight, they, they're good for the sport. No matter which way you look at it, they are good for the sport. And and I think that they will continue to happen. And and I believe that even with us, like we're looking at doing a WBC fame belt, you know, for like some, imagine what well, some couple of other big guys in India, the YouTubers like Illuminati and a few of these other kind yeah. of folks, you know, like right. there's conversations with them, the folks kind of coming on and wanting to fight and, and so on. So I believe this, this, this whole space of kind of the um, entertainment um, sector Imagine like Tiger versus um, that, uh, is it Jum? Oh my Someone. God, it's oh. so he, he answered your question before you asked it. You know what, that was my last question. <laughs> Do you ever think a Tiger Shroff versus Vidyut Jamal is going to happen in a super boxing league? I, I, I mean, look, imagine like what's happening across the globe. Like, you know, they must be seeing, they must be watching. And I believe the of the, the Bollywood industry that, follow it, would love to see something like that. The two action heroes in their prime, you know, great You physique. would break the internet. For sure. So, so you I, break I, YouTube. I, I, can, I, can, I can definitely see it. Um, so is that a space that you're looking at is something between a WWE and an MMA? So it's something between the two. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's why we came up with the WBC fame belt. You know, it, it, it's a... Something which, um, but I think for them, because they're both martial artists, maybe they might want to take it to the cage then actually bring it just to the ring. So these are the kind of, I would say, the finer details, which um, I think we should, we should, you should get them on the show and actually 
asked. <laughs> oh no, you know, question. we'd love to invite them on and have a word with them. And you yeah. can you can mediate. You can we'll do a little face-off as well. You can come to the IBM studios. <laughs> and it's it's in Bandra and we keep it, we can make a little podium. We, we'll mm. call it the super boxing the BMF Holly Bollywood belt. Mm. You know, Bollywood BBMF belt. Look, you had the other girl, you know, the other influencer. Remember the other the Jumama Khan? She fought recently yes. in Dubai. Yes. So, yes. So, so look, it started. It's not starting. It started. <laughs> so, so I think that there'd be there'd be there'd be there'd be few more. So we're speaking to them, and 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 we've kind of demonstrate the numbers which are involved in this whole space and what they can potentially earn um, in in from this because they have a great audience. I mean, some of these guys have got 15, 20, 30 million followers and. Right. Even if even if you look at like a five percent conversion, that willing to pay, it still makes good business sense. We had That's this guest and a, a Bollywood actor called Pratik Babar who was on our show a few mm. months back, and mm. he was very very clear. So he called out Varun Dhawan, he called out Tiger Shroff. He's like, listen, give me an opportunity, I will get in there, I'm ready, and mm. I'm going to kick their ass. So you have one guy ready, <laughs> right? Right. We just well, we just need to find the second guy. Well, what, what, what's what's his um, interaction on his social media? Did you guys? Is he no? He's uh, following. He's, been, uh, he's quite big. Forever. He's, he's big. quite big. He's uh, he's he's uh, he's he's the son of uh, Raj Babar, uh, okay, okay. and uh, he's Raj Babar's son. And he's kind of he's doing his own movies. He has a lot of content on uh, on you know on OTT platforms. And he's very vocal about his the fact that he loves training. He loves mm. fighting. He loves mixed martial arts. He's a big fan of the UFC. He's come and hung out with us. And uh, you know uh, he's he's not come to the Sony Studios yet with us yet, but mm. uh, he's he's very involved in it. And and like Sumesh said, he's very vocal about wanting to do a celebrity. You know, whether it's for charity, whether mm. it's for whatever. Mm. But I think I think it's time that India gets to see it. And uh, uh, I, I'm going to be in the best seat uh, of them Absol- all. Absolutely, <laughs> front absolutely. and center, getting to co- commentate. Oh, this man is the best view in the house. You know, we've spoken a lot about fights, but I think the listeners do need to know that Bill is heavy into philanthropy work also. So Bill, could you tell us a little bit about what you're doing for women and how you think self-defense is such an important aspect in a woman's life? No, no, for, for sure. And I think it's very important to kind of give back, you know, when God's been so kind, it's very important to kind of do stuff and, and help. And that's what in, so in our gyms, like we offer like free women self-defense classes. Uh, That's fantastic. And uh, at the same time, unprivileged kids that kind of can't afford membership, they can come and train there and kind of do that. So I think it's always kind of important to kind of give back and it's always kind of good to give back in a line that you kind of understand and that kind of where you know that. And I think that especially over the pandemic and stuff, you know, people need a release, you know, and I think there's nothing like going down to the gym and kind of really kind of, um, letting that go and it's been sad to be honest at the same time like during in India you've had a lot of lockdown even gyms today are still shut you know so yes. like that's that's been tough um, but um, but look I think we're on the closing stages of, of this kind of pandemic now and I think that there's a bright future um, ahead of us but yeah it, it, it's important I think for all of us and I think that it's 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 not a long journey, you know, and um, and I think whatever we can do to kind of help and put back, it's it's I important. I agree. Yeah. You know, in, inspirational. Very very. Uh, you know, before we wrap up uh, and take any more of your time, because I know you're a busy man, and you've specifically told me. <laughs> And you know, you told me before, but but I'm going to just keep it for just a little bit. Uh, just in summation, you know, you've seen so many leagues pop up, and you've seen so much of. Uh, um, of, of uh, talent coming out of India. Do you think that we are beginning to catch up on the same, on the same graph of progression as you know, with the rest of the world? Do you see Indian fighters slowly catching up to what, uh, to the international counterparts, especially with fighters going abroad and training and coming back? Do you see uh, a lot of that beginning in India in both you know, MMA and boxing? Boxing, for sure. I believe that that is um, when you look at the medals that we kind of bought back, even from Tokyo and, and and so on, and and I think that at the at the amateur Olympic level for sure, I think we're we're there, and I think we're going to continue to grow, and I think that we're doing a great job on that front. It's just that transition to professional to turn them into world champions, and I think that's the bit that what we are really kind of uh, focusing on, and we will continue to grow on the 
MMA side, I believe right now we are still at, look, we saw in season two when we had the folks that fought uh, Vince Murdoch, who's an ex-UFC guy, yeah. both, both of them did really, really well. And I think what's stopping the growth a little bit, I would say, is the level of competition that our guys are fighting because you mm. always rise to the occasion. Our boys have got the skills, but they're not just getting, they're not getting that, just that one step up level of competition. Right. And that means like the right sparring back home. You know, we need to get more international guys in or, we need, to, put, yeah. or we need to put, uh, send our guys um, abroad because look, the gym, the work that you put in the gym and the level of people that you're training with and the level of competition, it, it, it's very important. I look, even for myself, I was in with Amir, Colorado. I was training with him for four to six weeks. And like you get to a point when you're training with them and you're doing everything that you're doing, you feel that you can kind of compete at that level. You know, that's just like me going there for four weeks. So you can only imagine like when these guys are like training with the best and how they would feel and, and, and so on. So I think that's the bit that, that we, the bridge that I think we need to kind of um, break in MMA for sure. That's interesting. That's a that's such an incredible answer, and mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, I, it's 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 so true in that sense. We've seen fighters, but I I think that you know that with given with time and the way the the popularity of the sport is going up, mm-hmm. with so many fans who come in and have been writing to, uh, you know, so many new gyms that are popping up that are training MMA. Almost everybody, every second guy on the street, because thanks to guys like Brock Lesnar and Conor McGregor, that have popularized the sport. Uh, you've got a lot of regular Joes now getting into the sport. And I think with more involvement, you will just see more and more coaches. You'll see more and more uh, better fighters. And I think it's, I think it's a matter of time. Mm. Yeah, no, for sure. I think we're, we're, we're definitely on the, on the right track. And I think just, it's just, look, um, I was when we were in Colorado just now, and we were speaking about Dunking because Dunking just promoted a recent uh, fight. So Dunking never started prom- promoting boxing until at the age of forty, right? And look, right. <laughs> look the success that he got. So look, we're still very early in the game, Miyadame Khan. You know, we, we, we're just starting up, and and I think that considering we only launched in two thousand and seventeen properly, we went for a whole restructure. We we had two years of pandemic. Right. So, yeah. you know, we've come a long way, you know, and, and I believe that the, the journey has just kind of begun. And um, I like we're, that. We're, we're, we're going to go on and do some great things in the coming times. I really that's like, I awesome. like the fact that you say that the journey has just begun. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. That was such a beautiful discussion with the man himself, Bill Dosanj. Bill, Woo-hoo! thank you so much for your time. Thank we you, gonna- Bill. We are going to be moving on to our next segment discussing UFC 271 and a lot more on the other side of this short commercial break. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Fighting Goat. This is Mystic Chips, Arjun Chabalkati and Somesh, the superhuman camera. If you're just joining us, you missed an incredible session with the man with the plan, the mastermind behind a lot of what has happened in the MMA scene in India. Yes. And of course, in the Middle East now, the Super Boxing League owner, the Super Fight League owner, cryptocurrency fight night partner of Amir King Khan in the Middle East. Mr. Bilhar Dosanj. Bil Dosanj was incredible. Don't you think so, Somesh? It was just oh my God. so insightful to hear. That him. was such a great conversation. You know, we've been trying to get some of these top-level guys on the podcast and Bill was like, boom, let's do it. We hope... I didn't have to run after Bill for like a good Absolutely, months, <laughs> absolutely. And it's, and it's so good to see all of us running behind Chhatri Sitagong, who also could be coming on our podcast. But when that happens, there's going to be a lot more exciting content. But yes. man, Bill, dude, he is such an insightful guy. Dude, he is so sharp, so smart, so intelligent. And hence, he is where he is. Dude, he's a shark. I mean, I, you know, he mentioned me a couple of times. We've been working together for 10 years now. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's incredible. Every time we get a chance to talk to him, we learn something new. Absolutely, you know, whether it's, yes. it's And especially what he talked about in terms of the business of fighting, the yes. business of the money in the fighting game. Yes. How to garner. People think it's very easy to, you know, oh, you just go up to a sponsor and you get your money. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's no, no. It doesn't so, happen that way. It's so difficult. 
different. It's so difficult, especially when you're promoting a combat sport. Yes. So good luck to Mr. Bill Dosanjh. We're all banking on you for more and more MMA leagues and content, especially boxing and MMA in India. And as of as for now, I'm going to just be happy to be shuttling up and down to Dubai or wherever he wishes to take me. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of shuttling up and down, UFC 271 is coming to oh, you this Sunday yes, on Sony Sports Network at 7:30 in the morning, where Mystic Chips and Superhuman Camera are going to be in the studio. But yes, we have Sudhi as well. With, with Sudhi. Sachidev. With, with, with Uday Chopra, to be honest. With, with Uday, with Uday, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very short of a charisma being parked there, it does not get more dhoom dhoom than that. <laughs> well, but speaking of dhoom dhoom, we are going to have a absolutely revised show where Mystic Chips and me are going to be breaking down this episode for you. So we're going to be yes. telling you styles and techniques of Israel Adesanya and Robert Whittaker and how each of them can continue their winning streak. Yes, we're going to discuss some tendencies. We're going to discuss some, some general movements. We're going to discuss how their approaches change the way they fight. Yes. And it's going to be a lot more. It's going to be a new segment that's going to last for about 10 minutes in the middle of our show. So don't forget, don't miss out on this very special episode of the Ultimate Guide to UFC. But now moving on, we need to discuss this banger of a card, Mr. Kamara. So please go ahead. Oh my God, the fight card UFC 271, which goes live this Sunday, which is the 13th of February at 7.30 a.m. with the Ultimate Guide to UFC. And 8.30 is a lifeguard starting off in the lightweight division. Bobby Green taking on Nasrat Harkpast. Nasrat Harkpast and Bobby Green. Wow, that's a good, good fight. It's got, they, got a great fight. It's a five-fight card, right? I it's, think It's a five-fight card and most of them are heavies. The only bantamweight is Kyla Phillips taking out Marcelo Rojo. We get into the middleweight division with Janet Cannonier and Derek Brunson, which I think is extremely exciting because we've seen wow. a sudden resurgence in the career of Derek Brunson in the heavyweight division, the co-main event. Derek Lewis and Ty Bam Bam Tuvasa. Ah, it's, Mr. Shui himself. It's going to be exciting when either of them is. So either we get a great post-fight interview or we get the shoe. <laughs> either <laughs> way, we get a banger. And Derek, Derek Lewis has clearly said he hates what Tai Tuasa does of drinking beer from a shoe. So he's going to knock him out <laughs> and make sure that that's not going to happen. And the main event of the evening is the rematch in the middleweight division for the belt mm-hmm. between Israel Adesanya, the champion, taking on the former champ, Bobby Knuckles, Robert Whittaker. Oh man, the rematch of the ages. We're going to go from top to bottom. We're going to go from bottom to top. Though. We're starting out in that middleweight division between Brunson and uh, Cannonier. Now, both these fight, both these guys are coming, you know, especially Cannonier is coming off a loss. I think he lost to, uh, he lost to uh, Whitaker in his last yes. fight. And uh, he lost by, uh, he was finished by uh, Robert Whitaker. And whereas Derek Brunson has seen a massive resurgence. He's a massive resurgence. Massive means and how. He's won like four fights in a row. I remember him. I remember him, the grappling clinic he put on Kevin Holland. Oh my God. Incredible. And he's just looking so good. And But both these guys are so gritty and tough. It's going to be hard to choose a winner between the two. But if I have to go with it, I think I would be slightly siding with uh, uh, Derek Brunson. He brings a very good grappling advantage. Right. To a uh, grappling advantage to his arsenal. He's got some great knockout power. So do both the guys have great knockout power. But I think a slight advantage goes to Derek Brunson. Well, I'm going to be on the same boat. I think Derek Brunson has seen a resurgence. Jared Cannonier, on uh, the other hand, is a fighter who used to fight at heavyweight. He came to light heavyweight and now he's come to middleweight. However, he possesses the power of a heavyweight. So if he connects... I think it's going to be lights out. But according to me, it's a three-round fight. Derek Brunson is smart enough. He'll take it to the ground. He'll grind out Cannoneer and he'll take the decision victory. So I'm on this sport with you, Mystic Chips. I think Derek Brunson is a slight favorite coming into this fight. Mm-hmm. Okay, what are we doing next? We're going into the heavyweight division. We've got Taito Iwasa versus Derek Lewis. Oh and my this- God! We have two Dereks on the card. <laughs> two Dereks on the card. And rightfully so, I'm going to go with the second Derek as well because of the fact that this, it's very hard to bet against Derek Lewis. Yes. Especially, look, when you, it's, I'm not saying Taito Iwasa is not elite level competition, but yeah. yes, he's not, he's not Francis Nagano. He's not Cyril Gan. 
yet. He's still right. got time to get to that level. Whereas we've seen Derek Lewis take on, you know, have taken on championship level fighters. We've taken yes. he's fought against DC. He's fought against uh, he's fought against Cyril Gan. He's fought against uh, Francis Nagano, and he's beaten Francis Nagano as well. Although well, in a lackluster fight. And at the same time, this is going to be his home crowd in Houston, Texas. So oh there's going God. to be a huge crowd be behind Derek Lewis. Huge crowd behind Derek Lewis. It's going to be Houston, Texas. It's going to be a lot of steak eating uh, Derek Lewis lovers. But the thing is that I like how Derek Lewis's attitude has changed. He's like, I don't care about the belt anymore. I don't even want to fight three round fights. I'm just going to get in there, finish it off and get out. Yeah, I don't even want to fight the five round fights. I don't want to fight the five round fights. Sorry. Yeah. I just want to do three <laughs> round fights. I'm saying three round fights. <laughs> <laughs> You know, there was a very interesting fight between uh, Alexander Volkov and Derek Lewis, but Derek Lewis was losing. And yeah. in the last 30 oh seconds, God. he oh knocked out Volkov. So, God. you know, as you rightly 30, said, 10 seconds. <laughs> 10 seconds he knocked out Volkov. You know, as you rightly said, we cannot we cannot count this guy out at any given point of time. Tai Tuvasa, on the other hand, I believe is in it just for the money and for the show. Derek Lewis was very, very happy that Tai Tuvasa has beaten Greg Hardy because Greg Hardy was calling out Derek Lewis and uh, he really uh, respects and appreciates Tai to us really? on the front. But, Except yeah, for the but, shoey part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but again, you know, so he said that he doesn't like the shoey because Derek Lewis himself has very smelly feet. So he's oh, like, God. You know, so he's like, I cannot imagine doing this because my feet are smelly. So but, what we should do, we should go to the Bata shop, take a fresh shoe and then do a shoey. <laughs> but not the one that wo logon ko na, ki, sir, uncle, beta, ye fit hota hai na. not those shoes ko fresh piece mangta hai. <laughs> <laughs> yes but again in this fight I'm going to be going in the same boat as Mystic Chips hey, and don't copy me what is no I mean for me it's a very clear decision <laughs> because I don't think Tai Tuvasa is there yet to face someone like Derek Lewis and multiple heavyweights have said it over and over again how hard Derek Lewis Dude, is Derek Lewis is the hardest hitter and and also can take a punishment himself, huh? Can Absolutely. take some punishment himself. Absolutely. You know, so don't don't be fooled by that juggling tummy around because it's taken enough front kicks and it's still not crumbled. In fact, yeah. the gentleman to actually say that he's been hit the hardest by Derek Lewis is none other than Curtis Blades. Who, yes. I remember that comparison that he made before uh, the heavyweights fought with yes. Gan and Francis Nagano. And I remember him saying that, you know, between the two, Derek is the harder hitter. Absolutely. Yes. So me, Somesh, the superhuman camera, I'm going to go in the same boat as Mystic Chips. I think Derek Lewis takes this one in the co-main event of the evening, which is in the heavyweight division. But yes, now we move on to the most exciting fight of the night. The main event of, of the, the evening. evening. Between Israel Adesanya <laughs> and Robert Whittaker. It's for the championship belt in the middleweight division, which is 185 pounds, which is just about how much chips weighs right now. Are gosh. Gosh, I was 185 pounds. 84 kgs. <laughs> no, 185 pounds is 84 kgs? Yes, yes. Then I was never a middleweight. I was a natural light heavyweight. <laughs> Even at my fittest, where you could see like two stomach muscles and all coming out, I was 90. Oh, achha. I was light heavyweight. Huh? Light heavyweight. <laughs> Proper light, genuine light heavyweight. <laughs> so yes, the battle of the ages... Bobby Knuckles taking on Israel Adesanya. Man, this is going to be funny because, you know, the first fight coming out around, we had we heard a lot of rumors, a lot of speculation about, you know, Whitaker's mindset. He said he was fighting yes. angry. He wasn't ready. Oh, I don't know. He never said he wasn't ready because he's a gamer. He's always ready. But he said he was fighting emotionally. He said he was fighting angry. And he deviated from his game plan when he fought against Israel Adesanya. Yes. He stepped in against a rangy counter-striker who's got great head movement incredible balance yes. and can set up strikes from any angle. But I didn't expect him to get knocked out that badly. Like he was, I remember in the end of the first round, he got dropped badly. Yes. And that fight would have been over in another 10 seconds. But Absolutely. in the second round, bang, he caught him with that moving, swaying backwards, moving backwards, check, left hook, right hook combination. Yeah. And he it caught him over. coming in, man. And, you know, you guys have to tune in on uh, next Sunday, 13th on Sunday morning, you have to tune in. We're going to break it down for you piece by piece, tendency by tendency. And honestly, Israel Adesanya, you know, after that loss to, you know, Jan Blahovic, we thought that, you know, oh, is he going to be able to do this? Is he going to be able to do that? No, he actually just proved that moving up a division to fight somebody who weighs 240 pounds is not, not the easy. most prudent. It's not easy at all. Yes. And especially, you know, he was not losing that fight. He was winning that fight. And he just got out-wrestled badly. Yes. 
and I think that's what you know that's what did it. He got gassed underneath him. He couldn't. Jan Blahovic is a heavy man, dude. When he's on top right. of him, he's really heavy. Right. But I, I think I, I'm going to go back. I think we're going to see. And also, one thing that Israel Adesanya walks in with is it, there's a separate, there's a special confidence that a fighter comes in with, knowing that they've knocked out their opponent before. Absolutely. Not submitted. Not dropped. Knocked out. He's knocked him out. He's going to come in with that confidence, and that could also be playing on Whitaker's mind, mind you. Right. So I'm going to be going. I think we, uh, the champion, will retain. Oh my God! You know, no matter how much I love uh, Bobby Knuckles, I personally feel. Israel Adesanya is a tad better. His fight IQ is a little better. You know, he can be calmer in these chaotic situations. But you think that, uh, you know, if you saw his last fight, uh, we saw his last fight against Darren Till, against Kendall Gastelum. Yeah. Um, do you feel that uh, Bobby Knuckles has gotten a lot more uh, cautious and defensive? Um, so I personally believe that Bobby Knuckles, see, you know, his fighting style is very aggressive. So he moves forward all the time. It works with some fighters. It doesn't work with some. So it worked really well with Darren Till. It worked well with, you know, uh, Vittori. But I still feel with someone like Isil Adesanya, it's not going to work. Uh, mm. I do believe that Robert Whittaker is going to be a little cautious coming into this fight. He's going to wait the first couple of rounds, just feel him out. Maybe, you know, try and wrestle him a little bit. Maybe, yeah, that could be an aspect. Yeah. But the moment Isil Adesanya blocks or he kind of has some takedown defenses, maybe one or two, I think that may change the ball game and Whitaker will go back to his original game plan of being aggressive. But I think it's going to be a five-rounder. It's going to go to the decision. Yeah, and I think so too. I think it, as barring a big mistake by Robert Whitaker, which is uh, not going to happen. Which I don't think me. is going to happen this time around. But you know, you, know, yeah. you can never say that with Israel Adesanya. You can never yeah. count him out, dude. Right. You know, he turns it up whenever he wants. And and while Robert Whittaker is figuring out his game plan, you know, Israel Adesanya from a distance can rip your tear off, uh, break you down with his leg kicks. Absolutely, yes. Absolutely. So I completely agree. But you know, when you have uh, fights like Yoel Romero versus Israel Adesanya, Jesus, sometimes yeah. it looks too good on paper. But when it goes in the octagon, it changes completely because... Both are very cautious and Israel Adesanya usually is not a, you know, forward moving fighter. So he's more of a counter striker. So he waits for somebody to bring the heat on and then he tags them. We saw how the fight with Joel Romero went. I personally think it's going to be a unanimous decision. I think, yeah, I think it's going to go five rounds. Yeah, I think Israel Adesanya retains the belt and maybe there's a third fight sometime end of the year or 2023. If he's lost, if he's, come on, if you've you've already lost two against the champ, I don't see a third coming anytime soon. Could be, could be. But, you know, Bobby Knuckles needs to be on his A game for those 25 minutes to beat the champ, Israel Adesanya. I want it to happen, but I don't think it's going to happen. So I'm going to be in the same boat as Mystic Chips and I'm going to go with Israel Adesanya. Absolutely. So here we have, we have our picks. So guys, if you have your picks, please log on to your social media accounts and join us. Follow us on IBM Podcasts, at IBM Podcasts on Instagram, Twitter, and follow us with your predictions to play our games and win some awesome, awesome merchandise. Fighting go t-shirts, keychains, fridge magnets, what have you. But the point is, follow us. So my Instagram handle is at Arjun Chips. And on Twitter, I'm the Mystic Chip. Go Somesh. Well, you can follow me and tag me on Instagram, Somesh.Kamra and on Twitter. It is Somesh underscore Kamra. As simple as that. So yes, ladies and gentlemen, you heard that right. Please take part in the contest and get a chance to win some exciting, exciting OG Fighting Goat merchandise. Till then, it was a great conversation with Bilhar Dosanj. Hear the episode again. See how the guys in the business have done it. Hoping to interact with you guys very, very soon. See you same time, same place next week. Only on the Fighting Goat on IBMPodcast.com. Listener.